So today I am actually in the offices of Dianping talking with Hao Zhang, who is the CEO and founder of Dianping. Dianping is the, um, it's loosely described as the Chinese version of Yelp. Um, Tao's going to tell us a little bit more about the company and, and what they're doing. So Tao, take it away. Tell us a bit about, tell us about yourself first. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, okay, the, the, the business model, what we are doing is a, is a pretty similar to Yelp in the US. So it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a site where millions of consumers they share their experiences on city life related venues like restaurants, nightclubs, etc. Dianping uh, actually was founded in uh, early 2003, which is actually two years before Yelp was founded. And uh, being around for six years, we were first funded by uh, Sequoia and uh, was later funded by Google. Um, so currently, Dianping has about 10 million uh, unique visitors each month, and we have over 8 million uh, the reviews, the submitted by the users, um, and we cover over 300 cities in China. So you have about 10 million page views a month? Uh, 10 million visitors a month. 10 million visitors a month? Uh-huh. That's 10 million units? Yes. Okay. Um, go on. Okay. So a little bit on my background, I, uh, I grew up in Shanghai, uh, went to States in 1994, and lived there for 10 years. Uh, went to college there, and uh, after college, did uh, did work for a consulting firm for three years. Then so went to Walton uh-huh. um, and uh, come back in '03 uh, after after MBA and started the business. Where did you do your MBA? At uh, the Walton School. Mm-hmm. So um, you're talking about where you went to college? Yeah, I, I went to uh, DePaul in the US, mm-hmm. Indiana, and uh, yeah, I mean worked for a couple of years. And then went to uh, the the principal and came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so you you actually worked in the states for a while, right? Uh huh. How many years in Silicon Valley? Uh, no, actually I was uh, doing consulting. I was based based out of Chicago, mm-hmm. and then doing projects uh, all over the U.S. Went to Alabama, Philadelphia, etc. Uh, mm. Alabama, huh? Yeah, yeah. Cultural capital of the U.S. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so. I'm interested to understand why did you come back to China? Why not stay in the U.S.? I, actually, for me, I always want to come back. So I mean, U.S. is uh, just it's a uh, it's, it's a it's a great country to uh, to study and uh, gain experience. But my original goal was come back. So and uh, after 10 years, I think I uh, you know have enough experience to come back and do something. China is growing very fast. I mean, economy is good and a lot of my friends here. So, I mean, it's a place to leverage my experience and do something great. If China didn't have the economy taking off, would you have come back? Uh, I would delay, for sure. I mean, the economy is not taking off as it was. I might delay a couple of years. Eventually, I hope I can. I could have come back. Yeah. And that's just because you're Chinese and you just want to be in China? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it's my country. And so we're in, we're in Shanghai right now. Are you originally from Shanghai? Yeah, I grew up here. Great city. Yeah, I've just been seeing a bit of it. It's, it's not. It's, a, it's very diverse, uh, and the more diverse, the better. Mm. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about a little bit about your site. This is this your main business? Do you have other businesses as well? No, no it's my business? full-time business. 
It's your fourth time business? Yes, of course. Do you want to tell us about the other businesses you've had? Oh, no, this is my fourth time. This is my... Uh, Are you full-time? Complete, yeah. Do you, do you have other businesses you've done in the past as well, or is this like your main focus? Uh, my main focus, yeah, definitely. I mean, I did a little bit startup when I was, uh, you know, in, still in Shanghai, you know, in 93, mm-hmm. 92. But that was... Uh, just something to play with, but this is the real business. Yes. Okay. Um, so ha, you, you said that you um, you got started how, how long before uh, Yelp? We started in let's see April '03. Uh-huh. So Yelp, I my belief was uh, started in uh, late '04. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe two years before. Um, and you started up being a, a restaurant review site. Yeah, yeah. I started with a restaurant review. So did Yelp get their idea from you? No, I don't think so. They don't read Chinese. Uh, I think it's just a kind of uh, market gap, you know, existed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, and also I think go with the, the the involvement, the evolution of the web, you know, become more interactive and become more more life-related, more personal, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the early stage of the web is more like news, the entertainment, especially in China. Right. As the web evolves, as the, the user needs evolve, I think this kind of uh, service, it just makes sense. It makes sense in China, it makes sense in the U.S. And in China, I guess it's because, you know, the food culture is much stronger here. So that's my maybe Dianping sort of started earlier in China, something to do with, uh, you know, Chinese people just love to eat out. If you hadn't have started, do you think someone else would have? Like, was there that, was there that, I mean, do you have many competitors? I mean, when it was started, actually there, there, there are many, like, food-related websites in, in, in China. And, um, and uh, there are several, you know, you know, like Elon was listed in the U.S., you know, similar business as Citrix. Elon actually was started. What's the name of sorry? Elon. Elon.com. Elon? Uh, Elon. E-L-O-N-G. I'm not familiar. Okay. You know Citrix, right? No. Okay, Sichuan is like the big uh, travel mm-hmm. uh, site, sort of Expedia in China, but I think it's actually bigger. So Sichuan, then you have Elon, mm-hmm. and uh, Elon actually was started as sort of a live portal. It's kind of it's kind of like city search. Okay, then they converted into a travel reservation business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 I guess is because uh, food is always a big culture, and there are a lot of uh, websites. You know, they are doing restaurant-related information or life-related information. But the way, the way they did it was very similar to what CitySearch did in the U.S. It's very uh, 1.0, very auditorial content. It's not interactive. Right. So I guess, you know, DMP was the first site to make it very interactive. So one of the things that um, York did was um, viral invites, inviting friends, tell a friend, that right. kind of stuff. Did, right. you, did you start with that? Yeah, yeah, we we uh, we have that. So the travel friend link. Did you start with that in the beginning, or, or after you started doing it? Like, how did you start your traffic in the in the beginning? I mean, it grew up very slow and steady. So I mean, at the beginning, it was uh, it was just myself, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was doing all the programming, the site maintenance, uh, the content stuff. So I the f- the first bunch of users I just uh, get from my friends and. Uh, my high school friends, people I still remember me after 10 years, mm-hmm. and uh, my family, so my 70 years old dad, I convinced him to go to web through right. using my service. Never been to website. So, so the friends and family, and also went to a couple of the community sites, you know, the BBS forums, 
you know, the, the forums and online forums and uh, just post, uh, do some postings. Uh, Self-advertising says this is a great website to mm-hmm. get full information. So that guerrilla kind of tactics. But that, I mean, I know that stuff and I imagine that didn't drive much traffic, right? I didn't drive, yeah, I mean, but it's good traffic. It's very high quality traffic. But I, at the beginning, what is important, really important is the, the quality of the users, the people who can write reviews versus who just come and visit. I mean, yeah, it grows very slowly. So it's, uh, I never really seen a spike in our traffic. So it's uh, always sort of 10, 15% a month growth for the, for the, for the past, past many years. Yeah. So and you've never had like, like hockey stick growth? It's always I, just been slowly never, increasing? Never, ever, yes. And so right now you're around 10 million monthly, monthly right. visitors? Right. And that's just every month 10% going up? And now it's actually slower. So now we grow maybe uh, we double each year. So maybe 5%, 5 to 7% a month. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any, any major competitors? I mean, is there anyone else that's getting, say, 5 million visitors a month? Not really. No, actually... This kind of model is actually, uh, when you look back, it's actually tough to do. Um, we've already s- we have a lot, lot, of, lot of copycats on the way, but we never really see uh, somebody does exactly what we're doing. Why is that? Um, I think it, it's, 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 it's sort of a community kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to build a community, it's, uh, it's not easy. And it sometimes needs some luck. Okay, involved. You look at the U.S., you know, Craigslist, still Craigslist, right? They don't really have closest competitor yet. Maybe somebody try to catch up. Yelp, there are several people doing what, what Yelp wants to do. You know, like Judy's book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they all got funded, but only Yelp survived. Right. I think doing a community, it's, uh, it takes some time and patience, and not necessarily money. Money actually is not that great, not that important. Uh, time and patience... And luck. I mean, it's uh, it's it's just hard to replicate your experience. Yeah. Um, you you bring up an interesting point with the copycats because one of the things that we've heard on this trip is um, how big of a problem it is having business models just copied outright yeah. um, here in China because there's not much legal protection and. Um, there's a lot of guys that are, are very aggressive and will, will chase a working business model very quickly. Um, so you feel that in your case that the community is a strong enough barrier to entry that it's, it's hard for people to replicate that? Yeah, I think so. And to the only point, I mean, business model, what, what, I mean, what kind of legal protection we really have for business models, right? I mean, that exists everywhere in the U.S. I mean, business model, you see a Yelp model, you can copy that model. Right. So I think China is the same thing. So I think the key thing is, do we have a really key competitive, dif- uh, competitive differentiators? You know, you can keep, keep copycats away. So in our case, the community helps us. So what are your key competitive differentiators then? I think the community is number one. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the loyal group of users in each city, I mean, think about it. I mean, even though in Shanghai we have 15 million people maybe, Maybe like four million, five million young people. I mean, among four, five million young people, how many people really want to write views? One percent. Right. So the, the actually the number of people who will contribute is uh, very finite. You don't have a lot of people like that. So they are here. So that's our biggest asset. That's number one. Number two is uh, as the business grows, 
I mean, the brand become actually pretty important. I mean, for you know, in the U.S. you have the guide, in the U, uh, in the in the Europe you have Michigan guide. Mm-hmm. For this kind of like life guides, the brand actually play a part. So, I mean, the the reviews or the ratings from Dianping, because Dianping is a trusted brand, actually was a lot more just from some random source. So the brand become important as well. That's that's really too. Uh, most important. And so is is this size now a well-known brand in China? What's that? Yangping is now a, a well-known brand in China? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in big cities, you know, ask any young people they will know. Yeah. Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, almost every office, office people will know, especially the ladies. Our main democratic is uh, 2035. Similar young to your office friend. ladies, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just, I'm interested to understand a little more on, on traffic. Um, how have you gotten your traffic? Has it been through public relations? It doesn't sound like it's been through viral, like specifically telefriend viral marketing. Like what has been the, the, the approaches that are, are working for you to get traffic? I, I think it's word of mouth. I mean, it's, uh, friends, they may not use the telefriend link because they tell each other. So it's more branding, public relations type stuff? We, we don't actually do a lot of that. I mean, it's, I think it's... Uh, the users they are doing it themselves. So it's, uh, I mean, it's not through some kind of public campaign or marketing campaign. We've done a lot of that, but it's not very effective. I mean, the, I think the best ca- traffic is come from people telling friends. And that's one. And the second, definitely the search engine. Okay. The, we do a pretty good job in terms of SEO, mm-hmm. which I think SEO is uh, critically important for, like, you know, Yelp and Amazon. You know, for us, I mean, SEO is, uh, is important. Search engine brings a lot of traffic. So, and which which is the main search engines bringing traffic for you? Right now, definitely Baidu. Mm-hmm. Baidu and uh, Baidu being the China, number Google. one Chinese search engine. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh-huh. And, and what else? Uh, Google. Mm-hmm. Baidu and Google. Maybe just um, could you tell us then a couple of pointers for people optimizing that are used to optimizing for Google and Yahoo and, and the US search engines. What's different about optimizing for Baidu? We, uh, it's the same. Is it? Yeah. We, we don't really optimize for Baidu. We optimize for Google. And the results turn out to be pretty good. For you well. optimize for Google and it yeah. works. And why would you pick Google over Baidu? I mean, because Google has a lot of uh, discussions on it. And a lot of people in the, in the U.S. and here talk about how to optimize for Google. And Google, they are more transparent in terms of uh, what, they do, uh, what, what they don't allow to do. And then you can optimize for them. But I do it's kind of opaque a little bit. That's really interesting. So even though Baidu is 80% of the Chinese market, yeah. you, you optimize for Google just because there's more information about how to optimize for yeah, Google. Yeah, sure. And that then works for Baidu. Yeah, it works for Baidu, mostly. Hmm. So we don't know how to optimize for Baidu because they are not very transparent. What would be an example of a Baidu-specific trick? I don't know. That's why it's... Uh, so we, we only care about how to optimize for Google and it works for Baidu usually. Fair enough. They have their own tricks, but we don't know. They don't publish it. Right. You know, not a lot of people that are discuss, discuss about it. Well, I'm sure people have figured it out there, right? Because there's money with them. Uh, yes, but still, I think we don't see a lot of literature on that. A lot more literature on Google than Baidu. Can you tell us something that people have found in the past that's, that's worked, that was a Baidu-specific trick, just to give us an example of... Actually, I don't know. I don't you know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um...
Can you tell us a little about your funding? Um, to me, that's pretty interesting that you're, you're based here in Shanghai, you're out of the US, and you convinced Sequoia to give you funding and then no, Google. No, it's Sequoia China. So Sequoia China. Right, that was why. Where are they based? They based off uh, Shanghai, Beijing, and Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I just thought it was, uh, we, uh, the Sequoia China was uh, established in late 05. Mm-hmm. That was the time we, we started doing our first round funding in mid 05. Uh, we actually did some uh, did some fundraising uh, tryout in the in Silicon Valley in early part of '05. Uh, it didn't work out. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not something I suggest people to do. So we we come back to China and uh, look for funding, and the Sequoia China was uh, uh, just getting established at that time. And we knew the guy, you know, Neil Sun, which was the founder of Citrip, mm-hmm. and I was a founding partner for Sequoia China. Uh, we actually knew him before, so he was. Uh, we we also talked about some angel investing at that time, okay. And uh, then I mean, it just uh, it didn't make sense at, uh, at the earlier time. But then when he uh, joined uh, Supply China, so we actually know each other pretty well already. So we actually is uh, one of the very first uh, company got founded by Supply China. Hmm. Has Supply been good to work with? I guess you've got to say the answer is yes, right? You've got to be like, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are, they, are, they are pretty hands-on. So, I mean, that's good in, in a sense. Yeah. Leave, uh, leave us alone most of the time. Yeah. Who, who, do you, who do you work with most closely at Sequoia? Uh, we are uh, Steve, Steve G. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so then, um, so you firstly was Sequoia China, and then you had follow-on with Google. Yeah, that was a year later. So we uh, the founder, the first round was closed in uh, in mid uh, 06, and uh, a year later we closed with uh, Google. And is that Google China or Google US? Google, Google. It's a I don't know how they are corporate structure, but it's a Google Google China. We talk to the Google China people. Yeah, they are actually part of the the whole sort of uh, business development team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so why would, uh, that seems like a, maybe an unusual investment. Why would, and, and is it a conflict of interest, why would Google invest with him? I mean, for them, my understanding is uh, Google, their strategy was um, uh, for the search. One is mobile, and the other is local. Um, I mean, the opinion definitely fit into both local and the mobile side. And in China, one of the strategies we want to compete with uh, Baidu was uh, try to put more focus, you know, build up the, the local search side. And then people will help helping that in that regard. Um, and you don't, I mean, is there a conflict of interest or is that the sort of stuff that doesn't matter here? I mean, because we could look at that and say, well, Google has a, an incentive to rank your stuff higher in the search results in China. And I hope they do, but I don't think Google ever do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly don't think they would in the U.S., but China's a different world, right? No, I don't think so. No? I don't think Google would do that. So if they do that, that would be wonderful. But I don't think they would do that. For us. But I don't think they would survive. They would ever do that. If I wasn't, I would never do that. Um, and, and, I mean, does that then hurt you with Baidu? Does Baidu rank you lower because they know that you're Google? Uh, it didn't happen yet. Yeah. Hope not. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and so, can you talk about, have you, have you raised money since then, or have those been the two rounds? Just two rounds. 
Um, can you talk about how big the rounds were? Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't disclose that. Okay. Uh, and today, are you profitable? Yes, it's very profitable since uh, November last year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We are both uh, net income positive and cash flow positive. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And does that look like that's going to continue? Yeah, yeah. It's actually growing very fast. So, will you raise more money in the future, or? Uh, probably, probably, but not sure yet. So we might do around maybe a year from now, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But it depends on if we. Uh, it's really we're tying to. It's we're not really be the company need money. It's more for other reasons. You know, maybe before IPO thing or. Maybe something else, yeah. So help me understand, because the guys are going to be listening to this and going to be saying, well, look, they've already gotten some blue chip companies to invest in them. They're profitable. They're growing. Why, why on earth would they want to raise more money? Yeah, that, why yeah. would you raise more money? If raising money, well, I mean, well, definitely it's not because companies really need the money. Mm -hmm. It's definitely for, for, for different reasons. One could be a pre-IPO. You need a, need a kind of a mezzanine round to do have some money, right? Mm -hmm. It's expensive to go IPO. Mm -hmm. right? And also, it could be, uh, you know, you want to do some M&A, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and also, it could be, uh, maybe there are some old angel investors or old investors they are not patient anymore. They want to get out, like what, what happened to Alibaba, right? So what happened to Alibaba? Maybe you can tell us about that as well. What happened to Alibaba was, uh, that's a typical case, was uh, Alibaba was funded, you know, SoftBank and a couple of other investors, right? Mm -hmm. That was in uh, 97, 98 maybe? Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't remember, okay? And uh, actually, Alibaba has been doing very well for a long time. Um, but they, for, for various reasons, they don't want to go IPO. One of the big reasons is Taobao. They spend a lot of money trying to build up Taobao. You know Taobao, right? Taobao um, is like yeah. the, you know... Um, like eBay, right? Like eBay, yeah. I mean, they, they just beat up the eBay in China very well. Mm -hmm. I mean... So, I mean, for whatever reason, they, uh, they, Alibaba side is doing very well, but they don't really want to go to IPO. And then they create a dilemma for a lot of investors. The investors, they have some investment criteria, horizons, they, they have to get money out. So what, what happened was uh, they, they, did a they, 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 had, they had a strategic investment okay, from the, the Yahoo, right? So mm -hmm. Yahoo was like 40% owner of Alibaba. So they... Yahoo come in and uh, and uh, put a lot of money in it and also and uh, cash out some of the old investors, angel investors, same things like that. And Alibaba wait a couple more years and went IPO two years ago. Yeah. And so those investors now lost money because they got out too early, right? Have they I mean, it depends how you think. I mean, they don't necessarily think that. Yeah. Depends. Uh, but they would have been. They would have made a lot more money if they hadn't done that, right? Ah, uh, that could have. But there another example actually is that that was sidetracked. That was like you, you know you know Tencent, right? The mm -hmm. biggest internet company in China, the most powerful one is Tencent. Right. And it's probably one of the best run companies. And uh, Tencent was I don't know, it was like twenty close to twenty billion US dollars. Mm -hmm. Fifteen, twenty billion, something like that. And their their net income growing like one hundred percent a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, amazing company. What happened was uh, when they before they went IPO, okay, there's a there's a company there's a company in South Africa called MIH, okay, they buy out all the, all the, all the old investors, so they are like 55% owner of Tencent, Tencent, okay, 
and as it bought out maybe at 100 million US dollar valuation. They bought out. They got bought. They got bought out at 100 million. See, 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 investing 100 million, something like that. Okay, 100 million US dollar valuation bought out all the old investors, which include you know um, uh, the IDG ventures. And now, see, see, haven't sold all their shares. And they say they keep the most of their shares. So what's that hundred million dollars worth now? Fifty million investment. Now it's like you know almost ten billion. <laughs> yeah, so they had a good return. Yeah. So it's that things happens. I mean, but it, well, like you know, I did really, you know, I don't know. I mean, different people think different ways. You have your investment horizon. You're happy. Who knows what what's going to happen to the company? Different people have different views. So, I mean, that's kind of sidetracked, yeah. No, but that's what I'm here for, to, to learn more about some of this, this space. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I imagine you saw recently, maybe about two months ago, uh, was that Yelp had a lot of uh, public relations problems. Uh, They've been getting complaints that their sales teams have been um, pushing too hard on local businesses. Right. And it's almost been like... Um, uh, the way it was implied was it was like bribery or something like that, or uh-huh. blackmail into paying for Yelp listings. Um, and that, that became quite a problem for Yelp. Have you had anything like that happen here in China? Uh, PR perspective, no. I mean, not really. Um, we did get sued, that, but that's a different story. We did get, that was like many years ago, that's three, four years ago, when the company sort of first started. We got sued by the restaurant several times. Because they say the reviews on the website, okay, are derogatory. They want to take them out, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, three, four times, and uh, we won two or three. The other one, the judge say, okay, it is derogatory, take it out. So I mean, so some things like that. So more on the user review side. Mm-hmm. So we haven't done the monetization yet. Um, but for the, yeah, I read the news about the Yelp problems they are facing. Um, I mean, there's something you just have to manage. I think it's going it's to come out. I mean, for us, I guess it's a matter of time, and also how we're going to manage that. I mean, a lot of times it's, uh, I would imagine the story is not as simple. I mean, for one thing was, uh, is, you know, the definitely for a big sales, for, uh, sales team, and uh, you will have uh, different kind of people. I mean, maybe some sales people just get hired and uh, they don't get proper training. Right. They do something proper. I mean, on an individual basis. That happens? Well, when that happens, that is definitely going to happen. Uh, especially it can happen in any company. It happens in any company. And uh, well, is that a Yelp policy? I doubt it. I mean, if Yelp really does that, I mean, that's not a smart move, right? right. So our company will never allow, allow people to do that. Um, so it's, I, will, I definitely will happen on an individual basis. And also, other, other things, uh, is really always the salespeople's fault? It, it depends. I mean, the business people, really, really you know, what, what Yelp or Dampin does will affect a lot of, uh, touch a lot of raw nerves for the business, right? I mean, we actually have a lot of cases like that, just miscommunications, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some cases, for example, that happen quite, quite, a, quite a couple of times. It's like, you know, our salespeople go to... Uh, a business mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and talk to them and say if you want to do the, uh, the advertising and the business say no okay the sales people go back no, nothing happens right 
And then a couple of days, a couple of days later, the business people found out, like they, they think they found out, that the good reviews were taken out. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, then they derive from that is saying, okay, because we didn't do advertising with uh, Dianping, and then they, they take out the reviews as a punishment. Is that true? No. Okay. She's miscommunications. She happened to be the reviews were taken out. Right. So we, we, are, we are checking, we are police reviews. We want to make sure the reviews are right. okay. Right. So that I'm, 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 I imagine, and, but we have a lot of miscommunication by that. But it's not, a, not a become a PR problem as Yelp has. But that happened a lot. And 95% of the case are miscommunications. Right. So um, on to that point of, of, of removing reviews, um, it's a big problem with fake reviews. And oh, okay. I've just seen in the news um, TripAdvisor, people are, are saying that is TripAdvisor even like worth paying attention to anymore because so many hotels are just basically spamming it. Right. And they're even, TripAdvisor's now putting warnings on, on some certain pages saying, we believe that a lot of the reviews on this page may have been fake, so be extra careful. Right. Um, how are you handling that fake That's reviews? a big problem for us too. It's a big problem. I mean, um, how do you become more influential and the more people try to spend it and try to trick it? So we, we, uh, we just always try to do better. I mean, we, uh, we, have, uh, we have a certain policy in place. I mean, from a technical perspective, I mean, we actually control what kind of reviews will be shown up. If, uh, so we, we have some kind of uh, eBay kind of star systems. So every user, I mean, depends on activities on the website, you get certain points. Okay, if you log on once... And so the user point, has more positive reviews than the, than the reviews they shown first? Not necessarily positive. The, if the user log on, they get points. If they write reviews, they get points. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a credibility score. Right. Okay, for your review to show on the first page, your credibility score had to cross a threshold. Okay, so that's actually that technique actually get rid of a lot of uh, fake reviews. Okay, and also we have, uh, you know, just it's become very sophisticated now. I mean, look at IPs and look at their login names, password, and stuff. And All that stuff can be fake though. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it ne- it's, will never ever be 100%. And just the spanners just become more sophisticated. And I guess in your case, like TripAdvisor, they could at least insist that people, like if they bought through uh, one of the related sites, they yeah, can yeah, track yeah. whether a purchase happened. Sure. I guess you can't really track whether people went well, to a we restaurant. Cannot. Yeah, we cannot. We cannot. I think Yelp definitely has the same problem. I mean, it's just um, it's, it's, it's impossible to get 100% non-fake. Every review is authentic. Hmm. That would be our goal, but it's not going to happen. Okay. But and you never thought about like partnering with the restaurants to provide like sales names, so that, and then you could have like verified names on the site, like Amazon has real name. Yeah, I you think that's tough. I mean, online, offline, like, logistic-wise, it's impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that way, if you do that, that just the restaurant might, you know, if they get involved, they might actually make the situation worse. You are more biased. Who knows? Mm. It's, a, it's a problem. Definitely, it's a problem. It's a, just like what 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 Google does with all the you know SEO right. hats. You know, always try to it's try a problem. Then, then they stay on top of it and make it work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the question is just like is a is a ninety seventy thirty percent wrong, forty percent wrong, or just one percent wrong? Right. Um, now you guys are, are profitably making money. Um, yet Judy's book had um, imploded. 
and um, most other sites haven't done well in this space. How are you guys surviving in a, a country where there isn't as much, like, the revenue you can generate per user is lower in China than the US? So how, how do you survive? I think Yelp is actually doing well, from what I understand. Is it? Their, yeah, I mean, their, their revenue is not, not bad. I'm not sure they're profitable yet, but they're doing pretty well. And the key thing why Judith's book imported because they, they never really built up the user base to, to start with. They, they never really built up the traffic. So for us, is uh, I mean, just like you know, we are the traffic is good. You know, I mean, we have we do we do get a lot of uh, we become influential in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most important thing is uh, the the restaurant who advertise with us, okay, they do see results. Okay, they see their business go up. So then they renew their contracts. They see what go up? They see, they see their business go up because mm-hmm. they partner with us. Okay, they see real results. All the business, all the local business owners, they are very practical people. Mm-hmm. Okay, they don't believe all this fancy advertising, brand advertising. Right. But if you see the results, they will buy, just like a Google advertisers. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the key thing is we, we actually, you know, prove to we can see results for them. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you, how you are monetizing the site. Is it, main, um, is it mainly through sponsored listings um, next to reviews? Is that, the, is that the primary mode of monetization? Um, actually, primary now is uh, what is um, the keywords. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can buy keywords. For example, Sichuan food or hot pot mm-hmm. is a keyword. So if you buy keywords, your, your, your sponsor link is uh, you know, more prominent, right? And uh, also the other one is... So do, you, do you have natural search results and then paid search results when I search for hot pot? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And so I, I would pay to be in this sponsored results on the right, site. Right, right. What's, what's your, like, your highest keyword then? What the dollar value? Highest keyword? Dollar value? 1000 a month. Yes, dollars. That's what they're paying? $1,000 yeah, yeah. a month? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, uh, we, we charge on a monthly basis. Not a per, not a per click base yet. Yeah, the other way. So is what's the keyword that they're paying a thousand dollars a month for? Sichuan is uh, popular. What's the name? Uh, uh, Sichuan food, Sichuan food. Uh huh. And also, actually, the 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 area keyword, let's say, like, like Shanghai or Beijing. No, no, Shanghai is too big. Within Shanghai, you have a People's Park. Right. You have a Xu Jiahui. Right. Okay, you have different business areas. Mm-hmm. This keyword is actually more popular. Mm. And what would a what would like a business park? What would a keyword like that go for? Uh, how much you mean? Yeah, I mean the highest would be around one thousand. Actually, yeah, you'll go one thousand. And so you'll have a restaurant in the business park paying a thousand dollars a month yep. to be on the, the the top listing, right? And that's giving them a good ROI. Yep, very good ROI. Um, do you then, I guess you have people bidding on those? Like how do you increase them? We, 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 don't have, we haven't started the bidding system yet. It's hard to sell the bidding concept to the local owners yet. Really? We, we, yeah, we might do that in the future. So, I mean, some guys are just sitting there on th- paying 1000 and they're making 50000 back. Yeah, yeah. So well, they could be. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, we actually measure by another part is the coupons. Mm-hmm. The coupon is very popular too. So the restaurant can uh, put a, a coupon on the website, mm-hmm. and the users can print or download to the mobile phone mm-hmm. and uh, redeem the coupon at the at the at the at the, at the restaurant. Okay, the coupon is actually pretty well. So we usually combine these two together, the coupon and the keywords. What uh, drives the most most revenue for you? 
I mean these two? Overall, it's keywords and... and uh, yeah, well, you use it to a combination. Yeah. Mm. It's most, effect, most effective. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, one of the things that's interesting, now I know Yelp does use a sales force, but I, I guess you're able to drive that harder than a site like Yelp can because you can have more people and it's cost effective. Maybe could you tell us a little bit about the dynamics of that and how that, that actually works out? Yeah, sure. I mean, in China, average salespeople, they make, uh, in our case, uh, base salary plus the sales commission, maybe 100,000 K RMB. 100,000 RMB, not $100,000. No, 100,000 RMB, right? And so we, we, that would be, what would that mean in US dollars? That would be uh, 15,000 USD. $15,000. That's not bad. So about $1,000, uh, just over $1,000 a month salary. Right, right, right. Okay, so actually that's not bad, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, what they can bring per salespeople is about um, over half million RMB. So that's about... Uh, let's see, uh, maybe 90,000 USD a year. So, so we pay them about 15,000. Uh, 15,000, 15, and then they bring in about 90,000. That's good business, yeah. Mm. Mm. That's why, you know, internet companies in China, their net margin is amazing. You can't believe that. I was in the U.S. in the business schools. You know, for any company, if they can have double digit net margin, which is a good company, right? Mm -hmm. Microsoft, Google have maybe 20, 25, 25% right. net margin. And so, what, what are your net margins? Can you talk about that? No, no, well, we are not to that point yet. We're still scared. Do so you know what, what the net margin for Tencent is? Mm -hmm. 40%. 40% and for C chip, 35, 30, 35. So why are the net, the net margins are high just because salaries are so low and you get so much more leverage? Yeah, I think one of the things is salary is, uh, is low. And actually, the revenue is not that low. Is that going to change? I mean, the, 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 the Chinese currency has already devalued quite a lot over the last six months, right? It will change, but I don't think it will change in the next five years. China is just like, you know, the labor market is, is, is very big. I don't see that change in the next five years, the cost structure. Yeah. No different change. Maybe 20, 30 years from now, they might. Yeah. And so what that means for now is if you're a good Chinese internet company, you can have, and you're, and you're in front, you can have massive margins. Oh, yeah. They all have, you know, all the, all the good companies, you know, Tencent, Alibaba, Baidu, Ctrip, you know, NetEase. They all have, sorry, they all have about 30, 40% net margins. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Which is amazing. Um, be interested to know um, overall on the on the site. Um, no, overall for for Americans coming in. Um, let's say because our audience here is American CEOs. If it, there's, there's going to be two types that they're going to be interested in. Some are going to be interested in starting a business in China. How do they get started? And I don't know that's like a two-hour conversation in itself, right? But um, how, maybe just some ideas on how they can get started. And then the other would be if they are already got a U.S. company and they want to expand into China, how they might do that. Can you maybe just talk in general about business for Americans on the Internet in China? That's a tough topic. <coughs> so we focus on the, the Internet space. Mm -hmm. Right. Consumer marketing Internet. Consumer market. 
I mean, what are, what, what are going to be some of the differences that, we, that we're going to run into in business in China versus the U.S.? Well, what I noticed from from the empirical evidence so far, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to see a success stories for for international business and uh, to compete in China market. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of peculiar. I mean, you see a lot of you know PNG is doing well here, McDonald's not that bad, you know. Best Buy is actually might even succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people people kind of will be surprised to see that. But internet. You know, Google is uh, still heading there. It's actually, they, they might be okay. But besides that, you know, nobody's really uh, doing that well. I mean, I mean, I guess I don't know. The I mean, there are different different explanations for that. You know, maybe inauguration site could be tough. But also, I think the key thing could be uh, because internet is so much part of people's life. That's one kind of industry. You know. It's very close to what consumers really want and their needs. So you really have to understand what a consumer wants. And you have to be right in that mindset, which if you're an American company trying to get into the Chinese mindset, it's very different. It's, uh, it would be very different. So you have to have a Chinese people, okay? I can't imagine, you know, it, it's, it's hard for a foreigner to run a Chinese company here. Mm-hmm. Okay? But there's been some successes. There's been some foreigners that have done well here. Right, the guy uh, with the travel site. Uh, the China, right? Right. Yeah, he, he, I think he has a local. I, I met that person, Fritz. Right. I mean, I think he uh, he been in China for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also he has very strong local partners. Right. So I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not possible, but is that he's one of the real, maybe successful examples. Yeah. Do you, I mean, so you hear, you hear about people coming over to China? Do the Americans that come over do they tend to fail when they come over? Uh, I won't say they fail. I mean, just for internet business. I mean, especially if it's related to consumers, you, I, I'm saying you have to understand what Chinese people want, right. what the local people want. Um, and in this, you, it's, it's be tough. Even for returnees, it's actually hard. Most, a, lot, a lot more success stories are founded by uh, local, local Chinese, like Tencent, mm-hmm. okay? like Alibaba, versus by returnees. So it's, uh, and that aspect is, uh, is, uh, is pretty important. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so if, if a company is doing well and they want to expand into China, how, would they, how do you suggest they do it? They have to, they have to really have a local team, a local person run it, and uh, with a lot of independence and authority. Uh, very little interference from the headquarters. That what happened to uh, each net and eBay. Mm-hmm. That's why each net failed. It, you, you, you cannot, you, you have to have very independent. Operations. <clears throat> so a little bit like the way Yahoo was a success going into Japan because they partnered with uh, was it SoftBank, SoftBank Japan, yes, and then they basically did everything. Right. And that that's worked. Right. Would that is that the model you would consider for China also? I think you mostly you have to do that. A lot of independence. Any kind of uh, and also another thing I think. What happened was that uh, internet is uh, is changing very fast. It's a very fast evolving business industry, mm-hmm. and also the the people who are doing the internet business tend to be uh, uh, pretty pretty good people in the, among the Chinese you know, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So they are pretty capable in general. Right. They are they are capable and they are react very fast. And uh, so if you have any kind of interference from the headquarters, 
you have to get approvals from other companies to do some kind of product change or UI change or financial. And Chinese change. people, a good entrepreneur is going to be like, no way. And you are that. Yes. Right. <clears throat> and so that to the people that would be willing to do that, you'll attract lower quality entrepreneurs. Lower quality entrepreneurs, even if you attract, happen to get lucky, attract a high quality entrepreneurs. They are, their hands are tied. They cannot compete with other entrepreneurs. And as they tend to be usually the money is not that important. That's what also, I think that another key thing with uh, with the internet is money is uh, is more commodity in a sense, especially for some for some internet company like, you know uh, to do kind of type you need a lot of balance costs. So in wrapping up, could you um, maybe just give us some more general pointers for Americans uh, wanting to understand the Chinese market? It's obviously very interesting for a lot of people. You've got massive scalability, incredible cost efficiencies, um, a, a, a country that's growing dramatically. What are, what are the sorts of things, how can Americans um, profit off that? Um, I mean, for the internet industry, I would say... As I said earlier, you are you just have really have to have a team who really understand the Chinese market, and then and really delegate, you know, the decision making authority to that team. And uh, and before I prepared, uh, in my view, I just do see it's it's hard to compete on the internet space at least. But I do see a lot of other success success stories in other industries. So what would be some examples? For success stories, yeah. other industries, yeah. I mean, Coca-Cola, PNG, you know. So almost in the internet space, yeah. you're saying go and look at some of the, the big Fortune 500 companies, the ones that have been successful in China, and look at how they did that, and then adopt that model to the internet. Is that what you're saying? Uh, actually, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is, I, I think it's, it's tough to compete in the internet business in China. The success, the the, uh, the failure rate is pretty high. But same, same in the U.S., right? Yes, yes, I, I guess so. So I, 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 unless I think you are, you are as strong as Google, uh, as a product which is very technology, uh, you know, uh, technology focused. I know companies like you know MySpace, or Facebook, you know, that kind of that type of business, you know, does not have really key technology differentiators. Okay, I just don't see a lot of chance see you succeeding here. So my suggestion is actually don't come. It's just it's, it's tough. It's tough. So you tell US entrepreneurs not to bother? And not entrepreneurs, I mean the big the big companies. The big companies. Like MySpace, I I I just see them they just change their CEOs. And in China, right? A lot of shake up in the US. Hmm. I, I don't think they'll succeed in China. MySpace, no chance. Facebook, no chance. Okay. But entrepreneurs, of course, you know, you are like Trina Alfreds, he's a great guy, right. you know, big success. You know, come here if you are, you know, you entrepreneur, want to do some, you know, do a, do a startup. Hmm. There's a plenty of opportunities, you really have to tap into your, uh, your resources. Right. And, um, you know, maybe language training or whatever, some kind of models. You have, if, if you know China, if you don't know China, you definitely need a partner. You know what you can do it on your own. If uh, you know, know China very well, okay, then then you have a big agile. In the case of Fritz, who's, who's a big success, yeah. he's been in China for something like 12 years, right? Yeah, 12 years, he's longer than I am come back. Yeah, he, has a, he has a Chinese wife, he speaks fluent Chinese. Oh, no, he doesn't speak Chinese, but he, he knows China very well. Uh, um, how his long partner is very strong. 
His partner is a local Chinese, very strong partner. Yeah. And how long do you think a typical uh, guy would need to come over here before before he gets traction? Uh, without knowing any Chinese right. and the Chinese, well, it takes several years. How are we talking? Two? Are we talking ten? I'm not expert on that. I think the George is uh, is better also. I have no idea. It maybe two, three, four years. Hmm. I would measure I would need. I imagine I was in the U.S. It took me that long to get used to American culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I learned English before I went there. Yeah. And my English still have accents. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it depends on the person, I guess. Hmm. All right. Is there any uh, points you want to talk about that we haven't covered? I think we covered pretty well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for the interview. No problem. Yeah. Pleasure.